0: I'd like for you to turn tonight to Second Timothy chapter four. You know it's amazing the the places where we can grow. In fact, there's a good book I have at my library, written by a man who's um, lost both of his legs and one arm in Vietnam, entitled "Strong in the Broken Places." A tremendous book. It's his story. Uh, he got his name, but he I, he became the head of the Veterans Administration for the United States of America office in the the capital, But it is amazing how we get strength and grow in these broken places. Okay, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 9. Make every effort to come to me soon, for Demas, having loved this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Pick up Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for service." But Tychicus I have sent to Ephesus, when you come bring the cloak which I left at Troas with Carpus, and the, books, and the books, especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm, the Lord will repay him according to his deeds. Be on guard against him yourself, for he vigorously opposed our teaching. At my first defense no one supported me. But all deserted me, may it not be counted against them. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, in order that through me the proclamation might be fully accomplished, and that all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the lion's mouth. The Lord will deliver me from every evil deed, and bring me safely to His heavenly kingdom. To Him be the glory forever and ever." Greet Priscilla and Aquila and the household of Anisiphorus. Erastus remained at Corinth, but Trophimus I left sick at Miletus. Make every effort to come before winter. Eubulus greets you, also Pudens, Linus, and Claudia, and all the brethren. The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you. I don't know what you get when you read that passage, but I get the picture of a lonely man. A man who is experiencing what... Many of us experience in life a period of tremendous loneliness. We all know what it means to be lonely. Perhaps not what others have experienced. I, I heard about a preacher who went to visit a lady in the nursing home, and he was talking to her, and, and she was uh, visiting with him about her problems, and he was telling her, yes, you know, I understand, I understand. And she kind of snapped back at him and she said, Young man, you don't understand. Don't sit there and tell me that you understand what it means to be lonely. Uh, I used to live in a town where they had one of these dial, uh, you know, dial for the time. Do you know who uses that more than anybody else? Not people who are looking for, trying to find out the time, but lonely people. One lady wrote that. There are times, she said, when I have this intense need to hear the sound of an adult human voice, especially during the lonely hours of the night. So I dial the number just to listen to that voice for a while. It does good for a little while. Then I feel shame that I have to resort to such measures. I think that we all have experienced loneliness, maybe not like others. But loneliness is something that we're all familiar with. Now I don't know a whole lot about it but I do know some myths about loneliness and it's not, I don't have that here in the outline but I want you to write that down somewhere some myths about loneliness. I want you to get these, number one. The first myth about loneliness is that it is impossible to experience loneliness as long as I'm with people. That's a myth. Some of the loneliest people tonight are people who are surrounded by other people. Some of the loneliest people are people who have The companionships of of others who have many people around them and conversely some people live in absolute solitude and never see anybody for months at a time and never get lonely I think that it is possible indeed that a person can become so involved in committees and involved in community affairs that there is a certain immunity uh, against loneliness by that involvement. And that may be a part of the reason why you and I have such an accelerated pace is because we're running from loneliness. To some degree, there is an immunity from loneliness by our involvement and, and busyness, but it is a myth to think that you not be lonely if you're around people. Second myth. I never choose to be lonely. Now, strangely enough, some people subconsciously choose to be lonely. There is a certain security in loneliness, believe it or not, and and there is a certain um, uh, need that is met when I can tell people that I'm lonely. You know, I guess it's self pity, but I have a book entitled "Loneliness: The Fear of Love," and the and the theme of this book is that. That, that some people are so afraid to love and the energy that it requires to love and the effort that it requires and the, com- and the risk that it requires that they keep people at arm's length and so they in essence choose to be lonely rather than to, to run the risk that it takes to develop a relationship of love. Third myth. There is a connection between loneliness and my surroundings. That's a myth. Doesn't matter where you are, that has no relation to your loneliness. It might have relation, it might cause boredom and monotony, but it doesn't cause loneliness. There is no relation between where you are and your surroundings and loneliness. Fourth myth Loneliness and being alone are the same thing. Now that's closely related to the first myth, but I want you to see the difference. It is possible to be uh, alone and not be lonely. Uh, I have a very close relationship that I love very much. And and I ask her a lot of times, aren't you lonely? You know, she lives alone. Aren't you lonely? And she says, I never get lonely. So that there is no connection between that really. Number five, I feel loneliness at at certain or particular times of the year, I think it's often that we—it's uh, easy to confuse loneliness with feelings of nostalgia and melancholy. But uh, that's not loneliness. It's because it's a certain time of the year. All right, now to the, down down now to business. Down to business. The causes of loneliness. Number one. Loneliness is caused, first of all, and I'm going to use the text kind of as a background. I am going to preach from the Bible, you know. Uh, Loneliness is caused by the desertion or the disappointment of a cherished friend. Demas has forsaken me, said, having loved this present world. This cherished friend abandoned him, left him in the lurch, let him down. It wasn't that he just left Paul's companionship and fellowship. He left him in the lurch. He let him down. He failed him. He disappointed him. Loneliness is caused by that. The loneliest person I've ever known is a person whose husband left her. Now that wasn't the big deal, I don't think. It's just the fact that, that he let her down. He disappointed her. He left her in the lurch. He, he, uh, he failed her. And the loneliness was the result of that desertion or that disappointment. Some of you have known that, loneliness. Second cause of loneliness, the absence of a cherished friend, the loss of a cherished friend. Somebody wrote this lonely verse. She dwelt among the untrodden ways beside the springs of dove, a maid whom there were none to praise and very few to love. A violet by a mossy stone, half hidden from the eye. Fair as a star when only one is shining in the sky. She lived unknown and few could know when Lucy ceased to be. But she is in her grave and oh the difference to me. There are some people tonight who have experienced the loneliness that comes in the separation and the loss of... Of a cherished friend or loved one you've known that pain haven't you psychologists call it separation anxiety and it refers to that attack of anxiety that occurs after the set the physical separation from family or loved one or people or familiar places or even pets anything at all which we have been with which we have been closely attached or associated Have you ever heard of somebody who dies just a few months after a companionship dies? I was was hearing the other day about somebody who died two months after her husband died. She was in perfect health and he died. Now whatever else they put on that death certificate, they need to put this. She died of loneliness. She died because she couldn't live without her husband. Loneliness caused by the physical absence of separation of a cherished friend. Get that from this text. Paul's a lonely man because everybody is gone except Luke and the Lord. Number three. Loneliness is caused by the dwelling on the memory of a past conflict or mistake. I want you to look with me at verse 11 again. It says, only Luke is with me. And then he says, it makes this statement. Pick up Mark. And bring him with you, he's writing now to Timothy, for he is useful to me for service. Now what is he talking about? I want you to you know, get your thumb, kind of wet your thumb a little bit. I want you to turn back to the 12th chapter of the book of Acts. 12th chapter of the book of Acts. We're going to read verses 24 and 25. Just keep that handy. But the word of the Lord continued to grow and to be multiplied, and Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem, where they had fulfilled their mission, taking along with them John, who was also called Mark. Chapter 13, verse 13. Now Paul and his companions put out to sea, etc., and John, that is Mark, left them and returned to Jerusalem. Now you know this story, of course. You've learned that long time ago. Mark went with them, and Mark you know, gave up and went home for whatever reason. might have got homesick or decided he wanted to head back home. Look at chapter 15, verses 36 through 39. And after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us return and visit the brethren in every city in which we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. And Barnabas was desirous of taking John, called Mark, along with them also. Uh, This is, you know, a relative, and he wants to take him with him. But Paul kept insisting, that they should not take him along, who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Now, it, it seems apparent to me, and, and I don't think, you know, that we're stretching, you know, the exegesis to, to assume that, that really troubled the Apostle Paul. He, he never really got that out of his mind. It was this conflict they'd had, and I don't think the Apostle Paul had too many personal conflicts, but this was one of them. He just. He had a problem with John Mark, and he really had a, you know, he really never got over that. And and sitting there in that cell, you know, he's thinking about this boy and this past conflict and this mistake. Uh, number four. Loneliness is caused by the hurt caused by another. Look at verse 14. Alexander the coppersmith. Did me much harm. Now it seems like that—that's what I was talking about in, in the first point. When you're deserted or uh, or disappointed by some friend, but that's not the case here. This guy um, did Paul in. He 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 hurt his feelings. He uh, he wounded him. He caused hurt. He'd been hurt by him. Hurt caused by another. And then fifth, loneliness is caused by the opposition that comes when somebody stands against something that we believe in deeply. I I, I want you to see this from this passage. Uh, Be on guard against him yourself, for he vigorously opposed our teaching. There is no loneliness like the loneliness of having to stand alone concerning one's conviction and belief. There, there is, of course, this tremendous peer pressure that exists. And this need to be in, in in community and in fellowship and in companionship and it's sometimes called the herd instinct. And, and it's tremendous, especially among young people. So that in in, in our effort to be a part of the group, we sometimes sacrifice deepest convictions, convictions that we've learned from our youth and childhood, and we sacrifice those because there is no pain or loneliness like the loneliness of being outside the group. And when somebody stands against what we stand for and believe deeply, there is no loneliness like that, I can promise you that. Not experience loneliness until you've had to stand alone concerning some conviction. Well, what do you do about loneliness? Let me share some practical things about what we can do about it in growing. Number one, make every effort to develop and cultivate. Make every effort to develop and cultivate. Notice, develop and cultivate. Intimate fellowship and friendship. Paul said, make every effort to come to me soon. I need you. Make every effort to develop an intimate fellowship and friendship. You need someone to whom you can give your love. You can't live in isolation. You need someone with whom you can share the deepest joy and sorrow. Cultivate that. Take the risk of developing deep, intimate, personal friendships. In the book, The Art of Loving, the author indicates that until a child is 10 years old, up to the age of 10, a child needs to be loved. After the age of 10, he needs to love. The loneliest people in the world are those people who have decided to stop loving. You need somebody, some support group or support person, a a significant other, somebody with whom you can pour out your deepest thoughts. Perhaps it's your own companion. It should be. Perhaps it's somebody that you care about deeply. Make every effort to develop and cultivate intimate friendships. Second, make conscious effort to repair broken relationships. Now that's what's happening in verse eleven. The apostle Paul is making an effort to repair this broken relationship. Make every effort to repair that. What do you got to do tonight? What do you have to do? What's it? What? What must you do to repair this relationship that's broken? Do you need to say I'm sorry? Do you need to ask for forgiveness? Do you need to move tonight? Take just take a you know, move a little to to to. Uh, to reach out to that person that, that, um, where there is an estranged feeling, you know, that's, that's tough, isn't it? I mean, nobody likes to do, you know, have to do that. Um, it, it requires uh, some will and effort and energy and, and commitment to, to reach out and try to repair those broken relationships. Um, number three, strengthen the mind... By reading good books. Now this is just practical as it can be, but I want you to look at verse 13. When you come, he's saying, asking Timothy, come to him in, in, in prison, visit him. Bring the cloak which I left at Troas with Carpus and the books. Strengthen the mind, extend the mind beyond the horizon of your life by becoming involved with good books. It was said that John Wesley traveled 225,000 miles in his lifetime, all of it on, horse, on horseback. And sometimes he would ride as long as 90 miles a day, and, and he, as he rode, he read. And he, 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 he balanced his book against the saddle horn of his horse and read as he, as he traveled along, and he read extensively. He, 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 he read in history and science and medicine, not just the theology, And and he stretched his mind in those long periods of loneliness. He read. He read. Uh, When my mother passed away, she had this tremendous library. We gave most of her books away. She would read. She was a prolific reader. Uh, She read over a book. She read a book a week, at least a book a week. And she's a member. And she just absorbed this. It kept her from loneliness worst thing you can do is turn on the television and watch soaps. And I'm on a kick about that because I know somebody that's hooked on Not anybody that you know. But huh. uh, and you talk about getting, well, strengthen the mind with good books. Fourth or third or whatever, fourth. Make friends with the Scripture. Make friends with the Scripture. Now I want you to notice in verse, verse 13, he said, Bring the cloak... I left at Troas and my library, watch, especially the parchments. You know the difference between the books and the parchments? The parchments, that's a reference to the scriptures. Now, he, he was willing to face the dungeon without friends, and he was willing to face the winter without his coke, and he was willing to face the boredom without his library but he wasn't willing to face all of that without his scripture. He wanted his Bible. William Tyndall in prison wrote, Send me, for Jesus' sake, a warm cap, a candle to read by, something to patch my leggings, a woolen shirt, and above all, above all, my Hebrew Bible. Can you just see a man in, 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 scri- in, the, uh, in prison reading a Hebrew Bible? I thought it, I'd reached heaven when I got out of Hebrew class. I mean, nothing could be worse than taking Hebrew. It's awful. Can, can you imagine this guy uh, in, in, in dungeon pouring over the Hebrew scripture? Make friends with the Bible when you're lonely. Make friends with the scripture. When they were up against it, and the chill breath of death was over them, great men wanted more than anything else the word of God to put strength and courage in their souls. You want know how to get out of loneliness? Become friends with the scripture. Number five, is this five or six? I've added some here in a five. Thank you. Take care of bodily needs. Verse 13. Now, here he is in, in, in jail, and he's cold, and, and he wants his coat. Now, some of you kind of smile when I said this, but let me, let me show you something. Lonely people tend to let themselves go. You ever notice that? Lonely people tend to neglect themselves. And, and, and they, they neglect their diet, and they neglect their looks, uh, they neglect their, their care, physical care, hygienic care. And it becomes this cycle, you know, and, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the lonelier they feel they are, the, the, the less they care about themselves, and the less they care about themselves, the worse they feel, and the worse they feel, the lonelier, the more depressed they get, take care of the physical things, practical stuff. Number six, give conscious effort and support to, to a ministry to others. Look at verse 15. Be on guard against Him yourself, for He vigorously opposed our teaching. Watch out for the welfare of others. A ministry of love and outreach where you extend yourself out to someone else, where you reach out to somebody else. Number seven, this is the last of this. We're almost home. Number seven. Trust the resources of God. Trust the resources of God. Verse 18. The Lord will deliver me from every evil deed and bring me safely to His heavenly kingdom. Trusting the resources of God. And he, as he began to trust the resources of God, he exercised the option of praise. And he just broke out in praise. As he began to realize that God's going to take care of him, he, he, he broke out in this... Doxology of praise. Now you may not can pray, praise like you ought, but praise as much as you can, as you believe that God will take care of you. Now the application. Three. Now I did my best to find something that would be helpful in this application, and I want to suggest three things. Number one. Watch this. Loneliness is always related to the way in which we respond to people and events. It is always related to the way we respond to people and events. I've said this many times. It's a deep conviction I have. It's not what happens to you in life that affects your emotion. It's how you respond to what happens to you. And loneliness is always related to how you respond to the event of life or the people. Secondly, get this down. We are lonely. The, fin- in the, the bottom line is that we are lonely because we build bridges. I mean, we build walls instead of bridges. Well, I got that fouled up good. We we are lonely because we build walls instead of bridges. Now one of the walls we build around ourselves is this is this this wall of you know that I'm gonna be hurt and and I if that person gets to know me, he won't like me because I'm not okay, you see. And so we build these walls around ourselves instead of building bridges. And, and, and if you can imagine what it would be like to build a bridge to span the, the gap that exists between you and another person, you see, instead of building a wall around that other person. You just know, I'm not going to like him. I'm not going to like her. If I got involved there, she'd take too much of my time, or he would, he would say, you see. Third, you need and I need to accept the responsibility for our loneliness. It's our responsibility. You're not lonely because somebody died. You're not lonely because nobody talks to you, nobody gives you the time of day. You're lonely because you have chosen to be lonely. Accept the responsibility for your loneliness. It's your fault. Let's pray together. Father, for these moments of invitation, we pray your will to be done in Jesus' name for His sake. Now, there are three invitations tonight. I'd ask you to consider this. I'd ask ask you to consider that tonight might be the night for you to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. Can you think of a better time? A more appropriate moment than this moment to settle for time and eternity your relationship with Jesus Christ. But asked me today what does it mean to be a Christian? Well it means surrendering your heart and life, trusting Jesus and Jesus alone. Would you like to do that tonight? We, we would really be praying that you would come right out of this down these aisles, accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior. Settle for all, all time, once and for all where you're going to spend eternity. As you consider this invitation, do you you live here in this community? Do you plan to live your life here? Do you feel welcome in this church? Do you feel this is a worm? Is the ministry of this church what you feel that you envision to be the, the ministry of a New Testament church? Why not come and join us? Would there be a better time and for you to put your life and serve the Lord in the local church. In this time, if you don't like us, some folks I don't like. No, I'm kidding. If you don't like us, then you don't need to be here. If you feel like God leading you, we what? Why? Why would you not come? Because everybody needs to be involved in the local church. Or maybe tonight would be a good time for you to. This is the beginning of the new school year, and it's be a good time to say, Hey, I, I, I want to begin a new walk with the Lord, just like some said this morning. I want to come and make some new, a fresh beginning, a fresh start. This will be a good time to do that. While we stand and sing, we invite you to come.